Happy 2017. Have you, have you written it yet? Some of you are like, yeah, and it's weird. Uh, some of you are like, no, I don't write anything anymore. It's all typed. Or I, I, here's, here, I want to say hello to everybody. If you're brand new with us, this may be weird to you for a moment. But I want to say hello to the fellas at RCMU. Oh, it was awesome to be with you at Christmas. And East, you kicked tail. That's how we say it. Uh, for Christmas, you, you reached a ton of people, and it's so stinking awesome. Uh, West, you did well, too. So we're going to dive in. I hope you're okay with 2017 already being here. Some of you, just by your look, look like it's, it's no, I can't believe it's here. So let me ask you a question before we get into 2017. Uh, how was your 2016? Some of us, like, if you, if you go anywhere uh, on social media or, or maybe just regular conversations, there's many people who, who do not have a favorable opinion of 2016. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened that we aren't really excited about. But I came across something that might describe your 2016. This might help you relate to this. It, it's just a picture. This might help you kind of resonate. Like, yeah, yeah, that was 2016. Uh, maybe it would be a family relationship job. I don't know what it was financially or maybe it was tragic. Maybe it was just a so-so year. So here's what I know about 2016. Now, I'm going to say a statement that will come across as an overgeneralization. If you're unfamiliar with that, we say those often in marriage. So here's the deal. I'm going to say something that will seem like, well, I don't know about that. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm saying. Let's say it right now. 100% of us, that's where you're like, all right, David. 100% of us, if you're like, does that include me? Yes. 100% of us have forgotten at least one good thing that happened in 2016. You are not good enough, I'm sorry, either am I, to remember all of the wonderful and amazing things that happened in 2016. Some of you, you, you journal or, or diary, I don't know how you word it, but you write down how the day went or the month went and you write it out. But I'm going to tell you, I know you and I well enough, you do not remember. You have already forgotten something good that happened in 2016. And it's odd to me as I process it, and maybe I've processed it longer than you have, but I, it's odd to me that so many people think 2016 was a year that we would all like to forget. As so many people, I've heard people say it was the worst year ever, which is like embarrassing for them. Because if you talk to my grandparents, they're going to tell you the depression was not the greatest time. Uh, I don't know anybody who lived during the the whole black plague, there's, there's horrible times, okay? Let's not get on the bandwagon that 2016 was the worst year ever. Come on. But what I know about you and I is that we often forget the good that happens because the bad is so loud. The bad for many of us knocks on our door, screams at us over and over and what I have found fascinating, if you don't choose, listen to this, if you don't choose to remember the good, the bad will win out in your life. It will be louder. It will dominate. And there'll be many of us who would say, my life is miserable. And if you've ever said that, because I've said that, it's because there's been good things that you have not intentionally put in front of you again and again and again. So that's what I want to go at today. I think this is going to be fun. If you've never been to church before and you're like, fun, church, don't understand, you'll follow, it'll be good. But if you don't know this about us, is our mission is to show people who Jesus is. 
And we talk about this over and over and over and show people who Jesus is. We get that. It's, it's branded everywhere. Yeah, yeah, this church exists to show people who Jesus is. But to do that, I need to point something out. To show people who Jesus is, we must know what he has done. I know someone like, well, duh. I mean, did you work all week on that, David? Like, was that? But I think this will be more profound when we get done with our time today. To show people who Jesus is, you got to know what he's done. And I'm going to tell you over and over and over and over and over again that 2016 was an incredible year. That God was doing things all over the globe. And many of us, because we've had moments of 2016 that you did not like, and, and I, would, I would agree with you, there's these moments where you're like, oh, that was horrible. But because the horrible happened, we've forgotten the good. So this is what we're going to do together. I'm going to take you through the four focuses we had as a church in 2016. I'm going to show you the four things. There's four areas that we just as a church really, 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 really focus on. And I'm going to prove to you that God was busy in 2016 doing really good things. So, first one, our weekend experience, our weekend gathering together and, and hearing from the Bible and singing and praying together and, and learning who Jesus is and the incredible moments we gather. In fact, I would guess, I'm just guessing, that a good portion of us, your first exposure to Fountain Springs Church was somewhere at a weekend experience of some sort. Even if you're a student, it was probably when the, the youth gathered on a Wednesday night, and that was like your first time together. Now, if you've forgotten what happened in 2016 because you're just trying to block it out because of the emotional problems it brings to you, uh, there was great things. So we put together a recap of the weekend experiences through 2016. So sit back, get relaxed, and here's a recap of 2016. We see people as people who need to be loved. We don't say like, well, let's make sure we line up on, on views and perspectives and beliefs and let's make sure that you've been making enough good decisions for a while and then we will engage you and love you and support you and be okay. We don't say, well, let's make sure that there's, there's no liability here. No, 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 no. We see people and we love people. Trust in God and you will no longer remain in the dark. That's a promise from God. Easter is a promise to have God's hope own God's promise. We're launching an East location, like I told you, on the east side of Rapid City. And you said, I'm going to invest my time and talent and treasures in this. And many of you stepped up.
You've heard me say it over and over. Anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone. Christmas is awesome, but Christmas is not for a select few. It's for everyone. That's just the weekend time together. Maybe some of us don't know this, that there's an East location. Let me me talk a little bit about the East location. It's the dumbest thing we've ever done. Like, I don't know if you grew up in church, but the idea of having two locations, one church, and having another location in the same town, and some are like, things are going so well. Don't, don't change it if it's not broken. Some of us have said that before. Like, to add that in the same time, I had pastor friends going, you're nuts. I was like, well, my wife already knows that, so I'm good on this. I've had pastors from out of town come tour the east location and to my face say, I'm not sure this is a good idea. The Christmas services at east had over 1,400 people gather together at the east location. I love doing stupid things. Because if it's God that's asked us to do it, I don't care if it's stupid. And I'm going to tell you, people have given their lives to Jesus, have decided to follow him and surrender and serve and literally plunge into victory. East has been an incredible success because, and listen to this, Because we did what God said to do. It's not about the numbers. Are you cluing in on that? It's not. It's we did what God said to do, even though it did not make sense. Yay. And I know someone was like 2016 was like a punch in the face, but you need to know there was good things going on. Let me tell you another online thing. This will mess with you. Because sometimes we're a bit skeptical. Like, should we like... Should we put our services like online? Are we going to deter people from gathering and this and that? We've showed stories of people who have watched online and decided to come get baptized. But I'm going to tell you real numbers. Nearly 13,000 different IP addresses. If you don't know what that means, different devices, phones, tablets, computers. Over 13,000 devices accessed our services in 2016. If you want to know why we broadcast our services, because I'd say those 13,000 locations, someone was like, oh, I thought we were just three locations. No, there was 13,000 just in 2016. If you're like, did God do anything? You better believe it now. Some of us are like, well, we gather together. Because that's what tradition says to do. I mean, I've never been a part of a church that didn't gather on the weekends. In fact, some of us grew up like, here's when you meet on Sundays at certain times, or, or maybe you met on Saturdays, that's what you believed. And, and let me tell you, you know the Bible talks about us gathering. I want you to know that Fountain Springs Church does not gather on the weekends because, well, that's the way it's always been done. It's because the Bible speaks to it. Let me, let me show you this to you. This is in Hebrews. 
Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Sounds like a good idea. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Some of us are like, mm, I did that in 2016. Neglected it a bit. Let's, let's not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And to give you a little bit more insight, like why do we structure our time together in the ways that we do? Romans gave us some guidance on this. So faith comes from hearing. If I asked you, who wants more faith in God? Who wants to trust God more? Many of us are like, mm-hmm, I want that. So faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. So every weekend, we talk about the good news from the Bible. It's not because of tradition. It's not because of ritual. It's because you and I need a greater faith. And so we've got to learn more from the Bible and press into stuff that maybe we've even heard in the past. We did something in 2016 that, again, was really a bit off. <laughs> About a couple years ago, I was really convicted that what God was doing in the Black Hills region was not getting documented like it should. In fact, I've had way too many conversations with people going, does God still do what he did in the Bible? Um, many of us have had, like, does God still, like, get involved? Or did he, like, make this thing stay around for the Bible to get drafted, and then he kind of headed off somewhere. Is that what God did? And so here's what we did out of conviction. Every weekend we gathered, we told a story. We told a story about what God has been doing in someone's life or an organization's life. But we made sure that many people think that God, the only stories about God are included in that Bible. I would tell you there are many more stories about God that you got in your own life. And many people were brave enough to tell their stories. You can go online. If you're brand new, you're like, I want to see some of these stories. You can go online and check them out and, and press into them. But it's a new year. And so I want to show you a new story of someone who let God be a part of their life. And so to give God all the glory, press in and watch the story of what he did in 2016. My family just never went to church at all except for like major holidays. I never really went to church and like enjoyed services. It was always like I had to go kind of a thing. And so I never had that following of I needed something more in my life. Well, I'm currently in the military and being in the military has a lot of struggles and a lot of hard times. And me and my husband tried for three years to get pregnant, and we finally did. And then I had a miscarriage. And after that, our marriage kind of went downhill quite a bit. And we were almost on the verge of getting a divorce. And at the time, I was working as a secretary for a commander on Ellsworth. He noticed one day, he's like, Heather, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing, sir. And he's like, no, something's wrong. Come in my office. So he sat down with me for like two hours and just talked to me and said, you need God. You need to find something in your life because you, you're going downhill, basically. And I went home and talked to my husband about it, and he's like, yeah, I, I agree with you. We need something. We need more guidance. A couple months went by, and I was kind of just like, no, you know, I, I don't need God. I don't need that. I don't need anybody telling me how to live my life. 
we got pregnant for the second time. And my husband's like, okay, we need God because we need something more than us for our daughter. And I was like, how do I say no to that? When we went to Fountain Springs and we walked in, we were just bombarded by people like, hey, how are you? How's life? And they don't even know you, you know? And it was just crazy that people were so open to us and they didn't know anything about us. Every baptism that I've attended, I was bawling my eyes out. Like I just, I don't know what happened. Like I was just like, oh, so emotional over it. I didn't know if it was like God telling me like I needed to be baptized or if I was just really emotional over the people getting baptized. I, I really honestly didn't know. And a couple of our friends, we all went out to dinner one night and they brought up the baptism. And they're like, are you gonna get baptized? And I was like, yeah, I am. I just don't know when. They're like, well, why don't you just do it tomorrow? And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I almost started crying like the instant I walked into the back because the lady was like, so what's your name? And I'm just like starting to cry. Like I'm just so overwhelmed and I didn't know why. And so she takes my name and everything and then I go get changed. And then I go into the prayer room and by this point I am just trying everything not to cry. And so me, my husband, and all my friends are there and we're doing the circle and we're praying right before I get baptized and I'm just bawling my eyes out, like uncontrollably bawling. I walk out to where the baptism is happening and the guy's asking me questions and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, you know? And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, these are tears of joy, I promise. Like, I'm not nervous. And he's like, okay, go get baptized. It was like everything from my past just got washed away. And as soon as I came up out of that water, it was the most refreshing bath ever. Like, it was the craziest, awesomest feeling I have ever felt in my life. Three years ago, someone would have walked up to me and said, hey, just put your trust in God, he'll take care of you. I would have laughed up in their face and just said, yeah, okay, got it, thanks. But now that I've witnessed people and even stuff in my life since I've brought God into my life, you honestly can put trust in God to have your back for anything. I hope, I hope your 2016 is looking better than it did. And I got to tell you, we still hold the same conviction as the church. 2017 is still going to hold where we're going to do our very best. That every time we gather, you're going to get to hear, we're going to get to hear what God's been doing in someone's life. Because God isn't done. He didn't finish when the Bible finished. He continues to do things. And I hope if you're a person who's craving for him to do something in your life, that you'll take the Bible, like what I read to you, that you won't neglect the gathering together. We're not just a weekend church for those of you who are like, really? Sometimes like, it's the only thing that happened where we gather on the weekends? No. In fact, we have groups. Groups meet all over the place. They meet in coffee shops, in coffee shops, and in coffee shops, and in coffee shops. Those are particularly my favorite. Uh, but there, there are groups that meet in homes that meet all over the place. 
Now, I know when I say group, some of us begin to think about maybe stories you've heard in the past. Oh, I remember Sunday school, or you may remember like groups, that's where we gather up and we cry together and tell our deepest, darkest secrets, and you're like, no, thank you, David. <laughs> no, I'm not signing up for that. And so if you've never been exposed to a group, I want to give you just a short, a short, short glimpse into what our groups at Fountain Springs Church actually look at. So take a look at this. Now, let me give you a little bit of the why, because you may, again, we, we utilize the Bible. If you want to know what kind of church that we are, we utilize the Bible. We believe it's God's truth, and so we sit on that, and we make sure that we get it from there. Let me show you what the Bible talks about regarding the need to gather together in more than just a large group. Share each other's burdens. It's pretty simple, but I'm going to tell you, that's difficult to do on a weekend, because you're like, I don't know the person in front of me, behind me, and even sitting next to me. And so share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. There's more 1 Thessalonians tells us. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you already are doing. Now, my favorite part, Colossians, tells us even what a group looks like inside. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. You know, I think some of us like, I can't do a group. I don't know all the Bible, and I don't know how to teach people, and I'm definitely not going to stand in front of people or sit in front of people and, and open up the Bible and teach them. But here's what I think a, a great group looks like. Get together and eat. Okay, that's a, that's a necessity. Get together and eat or coffee. But, and just pray for each other. Not like long, you don't have to sit there oh, for an hour and have poetic language. No, where you can just get together and be like, hey, what's going on in your life? Oh, can, can, can I ask God right now to be a part of that, that's what a group should be. And I'm going to tell you, because I know several of the stories, that there are people who gave their lives to Jesus, decided to follow Jesus. There are marriages that were restored, relationships that were fixed, tragedies that were overcome, big decisions were made, not on the weekend, but at a group who regularly got together and process life together. If you're not a part of a group, you're not being encouraged like you need to be encouraged. In fact, let me have you just, here's some questions just to process. Who right now helps you be honest about life? Because you need those people. And it needs to be more than one person. Who do you have in life that regularly encourages you? Who do you have in life that regularly directs you to focus your life on God? Groups help us accomplish that. And, and I'm not just talking to the adults, just so you know. Well, adults have groups, and those are all over the place. But we even start out, this is young, in preschool. Preschoolers are in groups. And, and the elementary kids and the students are in groups. In fact, let's go into that. We also, as a church, have focused on the next generation. The, the crew that's coming up that's still, some of them are wearing diapers, uh, uh, just to a certain age, though. And, and there's some that are still, they're in the awkward phase. 
But, but kids matter. You would agree that kids matter. You would agree for the most part that teenagers matter. And you would agree that all of they, ma- they matter. we got to pay attention to them. But if you notice, we do not regularly encourage that kids are with the adults on the weekends because we want to teach them at their level where they will retain it well. And my kids don't need to be hearing some of my messages. And I know that sounds weird because I'm saying it. But they need to hear some incredible things. And so you need to know in 2016, if you feel like it was a punch in the face, there were kids and students learning all about God. God was intervening in their lives. And so I want you to see some of this. So again, press into this recap regarding our next generation. It's incredible. Take a look. has been formed in you, you have the ability to transform. If you're interested in transforming what you don't like about yourself, you can do that. That's good news. That can happen in your life. But in the scripture, it says, do not be conformed to the path of the world, but be transformed. You can transform the direction that you're going because of the renewing of your mind. The most critical stage of life is zero to 18. We believe with all of our hearts that if you're going to focus on a group of people, if, if you're going to do what you need to do to get Jesus to people, then let's focus on zero to 18. And in fact, if we had to and we're forced to the decision, we'd cancel everything else and just make sure the zero to 18 year olds get to hear who Jesus is. was a good year. It was a good year for kids, for teenagers, for adults. And I I just want to speak to those of you who who are parents, grandparents, or some sort of guardian in the life of a child. I got to tell you, sometimes raising a kid, raising a teenager, you feel alone. You feel like you're the only one, or, or you feel like you got stories that if you could just get support in, that would help you. But if you told someone, what are they going to think? And it's amazing to me that we treat parenting a lot like money, where we don't talk about either one, because we don't want others pressing in to that level of our life. And I'm going to tell you, Fountain Springs Church wants to partner with you, wants to be a part of your life, your kid's life. We want them to know incredible things about God. And I'm going to tell you, that's not going to stop. In fact, we, we, we joke about it, but I don't, it's not really a joke. Uh, if we have to shut down everything and lock in on one thing, we're going to lock on on zero to 18-year-olds. Because they matter that much. If you are willing to reflect on your time as a kid and a teenager, you would agree with me that some of the most pivotal decisions are made during that time frame. And so we've decided to put staff and volunteers and opportunities in in your court so that if you ever want support and encouragement and help, 
we're raising our hand offering our help. Because that's what I believe Jesus intended the church to do. Not just put our kids by our side and think it's good family time. When it's like they're not learning anything. It's to separate at times and learn the critical things that God wants us to learn. We, we stole the idea from the Bible. Sorry, it's not unique. Uh, I'll, let me show you a portion of the Bible in Psalms. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about, about his power and his mighty wonders. For He issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. 2016 was a good year, but it's not all that we did. In fact, let me land this in an area that I think we as Fountain Springers really get, the power of serving. We have a focus to serve the people around us. We have a focus where we believe that people should not be just have, hey, we like you and we think that you're welcome, but we want to get into their lives and serve people. If you've been a part of the church for a while, you've probably been a part of serving. If you haven't, you probably have heard, but we believe strongly, and here's where it comes from, Philippians 2.4, don't look out only for your own interests. I hate this verse sometimes. Have you ever woken up and been like, no, today, it's going to be all about me. But we get stuff like this in the Bible that is so helpful. So as a church, we've decided to not just be about our own interests, what we're in the mood for. We are not a feelings-driven group of people where it's like, well, here's how I feel like, so this is what I'm going to do. No, but take an interest in others. Some of us, if you, if you are raising kids, you're like, I'm trying to get this in. I'm trying to lock it in their brain. But I would say adults are probably worse than teenagers and kids at this. And so for 2016, we as a church did not just tell people locally and globally that we think they're great. We serve them. And I want you to have to see what God did in 2016 by a church a community willing to serve. Take a look at this. God's love for us compelled him to sacrifice for us. He's saying that you don't just say you love someone, you sacrifice on their behalf. We are trying to live life the way God did. And yeah, unconditional love. Anyone and everyone should be welcome uh, in church. Yes, 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 yes. But that unconditional love should be proven and walked out with irrational generosity.
This isn't a preference-driven church. There's convictions. But the church must never forget it's the church. We must never forget that we're not a social club. We're not a group of people trying to assemble because we are perfect or we have it all together. No. The church must never forget it's the church. And so in that, we've got convictions that we live by as a church. You can give yourself hope for a moment, but if you're open to it, if you want hope that can weather any storm, it's Jesus. was not an all bad year and you can ask some of the folks who got their vehicle fixed or got a a new one the over 500 kids who were sponsored in Zambia the kids in the Philippines I've got this down 42 schools in our region we served in 42 schools some of you are like we have 42 schools we do 49 nonprofits we served in 2016. See, some of us are wondering, does God still do things? Yes, and he has chosen the local church. That's what Jesus set up. If you want to know, what's Jesus' plan for poverty, starvation, disease? What's his plan? Does God love people if people are dying? Yes, and he established the local church to deal with it, not the government. I'm sorry if that, no, I'm not sorry if that offends you. The government's had to compensate for the deficiencies in the church. And so we believe as a church that we can change the world. And we are aggressively trying to get the gospel, the good news about Jesus, everywhere we can go. And if you have not added up, I'll help you do some of the math. If you include the money that we were able to, to give away locally and globally, and you include the sponsorships... You need to know that Fountain Springers alone are guilty of investing nearly $700,000 in 2016 just into the lives of people who are desperately in need. I remember a day where we would have laughed out loud at that kind of a thing. I believe God is still alive and still doing things, and he's chosen the local church to do it. Now, some of you saw the whole thing about Shift Garage. We fix cars. It's kind of a cool thing. And like I always promise, I'm going to stay out of the garage. I promise to never work on your vehicle or anyone's vehicle ever. But there are trained people that do this. And if you don't know this about the Christmas services, we set a goal of you and I sacrificing to to raise up $130,000 just at the Christmas services. And some of you, at least when you left, were making fun of me, which I think it's awesome. You're like $130,000 one weekend. Well, let me, let me show you something. Uh, that's what you brought in. 
If some of you aren't making fun of me, I'm not leading well enough, okay? You just need to know that. So, so this number's awesome, but some of you are like, that number means that we didn't hit our goal. So, so let me give you another number that will help us meet the goal. So, if you want me to be direct, I believe I just was. We have started a new thing. I, there was an era that, you know, we passed plates. There was this bag or a plate or some sort of receptacle that you and I would put cash and check in where the majority of us don't carry cash and check in. We're like, the new offering plate, there you go. <laughs> you now in 90 seconds can give to God, give return back to God this way. And once you do it the first time, it's, it's faster the next time. It's awesome. If you, it, it's safe for those of you who are like, but the government, no, it's safe. It's safe. It's good. I'm just telling you, this is a new way that we want to offer folks. So you can give online and do stuff like that and still give cash and checks. But if you don't like it that we didn't hit the goal, well, you can fix it. Uh, and we as a church, I think, can do this. So let's press in now to 2017. I hope now you don't think 2016 was a waste. I know you may have had personal experiences where, like, that was not absolutely wonderful. And I get that. 2017, though, is here. 2017 is here, and I don't know what your plans are, but let me, let me press a question, and you know this is how we like to do this. What are you expecting for 2017? What have you begun to anticipate? Some of you, you made resolutions. Some of you made goals. Some of you haven't even thought about it yet. You're just waiting and delaying. But what are you expecting for 2017? Some of you are expecting life change. Some of you are expecting a job change, a location change, a a marital status change and, or, or something. You're expecting this change. I don't know. So are you expecting the idea of, of a local church called Fountain Springs Church doing what God wants done for his glory? See, I hope you have not gotten to this, this mode during this time together that, that this is about Fountain Springs Church. No, I want you to know God did things in 2016, and I wanted to prove it to you. So if you're, if you're in the posture of expecting big things for 2017, let me give you some wisdom that I've learned from a guy that you may know, Stephen Covey. <laughs> he makes calendars or used to or something of that fact, but I think he said some pretty cool stuff. The key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Some of us are already guilty of the first part, so you just begin to let things add up, and then you're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to tell you, if you're diligent enough, you can do the second part. Schedule your priorities. I've taught on this many times. I do this. I schedule time with each of our kids. Schedule time with Katie. We, we schedule this because it's a priority. Now, let me help you go even further in this. He said something else that I think is better. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Some of you are like, now you're speaking my language. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. In 2017, I hope that 2017, however it ends for you, I hope that you kept the main thing the main thing. And I'm going to tell you, I think the main thing is God. And you and I are going to have to schedule this, prioritize this, make this intentional. We're going to have to make difficult decisions and some easy decisions. But you can take your time, your talents, and your treasure and say, 2017, I'm going to make God the main thing. I will fail at it sometimes, but I will succeed at it. I'm going to make him the main thing. That's my encouragement to you. And if you wonder, what happens? What happens if you were to make God the main thing? Ephesians gives us a little hint. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Some of us are just saying, God, do something. And he's like, well, I'd actually 
like to use you. <laughs> and the Bible actually says his power at work within us, through us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Other versions even say imagine. I hope you're getting what this says. This says what you plan for 2017, if you make God the main thing, he will probably do more than you could ever ask or imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever, amen. I am going to spend my 2017 doing everything I can, sacrificing everything that I can to show people who Jesus is. Whether you're a part of it or not, I'm gonna tell you there is a group of Fountain Springers who are gonna invest 2017 in the lives of other people. I hope you'll be a part, but it's your choice. Perhaps your next step is to choose one of the focuses that I went through together. And you're saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get involved in a weekend. I'm gonna get involved with the kids or the teenagers. I'm gonna serve somewhere. I'm gonna be a part of a group. I'm gonna lead a group. That's your choice, but I'm gonna tell you, God has great things in store for 2017, and I hope you're gonna be a part of it. Let me pray for us. God, it is a blessing. It is a blessing to be able to access you, <laughs> to not have to go through someone else or something else, just to be able to talk to you. So God, we, we thank you for what you did in 2016. We give you all the glory only you can change a person's life. We cannot. Only you can. God, everything that was good came from you in 2016. You are that amazing. God, I pray for 2017 that whomever wants to be involved in whatever you've got planned, God, I pray that you will give each of us the boldness and the courage, the power, the resources the gumption to jump in. God, we love you. I cannot wait to see and be a part of whatever you've got planned for 2017. I promise you, this church will be a part of it. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.